What's up, you filthy flapjacks? I'm Wes Mullenberg, and you're listening to the Ear Coffee Podcast. For today's episode, I chatted with several members of the folk rock band Stone Arch Isles. Last week, they put out a pair of great EPs. The band talked about their unique origins, the community that they've built, and how their songs get made. Without any further delay, here's my conversation with Phil, Matt, Alex, and Dan from Stone Arch Isles. Welcome to the latest episode of the Ear Coffee Podcast. Today I am joined by four out of six of Stone Arch Isles. Glad to have you guys on the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. Let's start going around, starting with Phil, do introductions, name, and your primary instrument or performative thing that you do in the band. Gotcha. Um, I'm Phil. Um, I play guitar and sing. I'm Matt. I play guitar. Do some singing, not much. Uh, I'm Daniel. I sing and play ukulele. A little bit of drums sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Alex, and I also sing and play keyboard. Cool. Yep. Well, we're it's missing been... Noah, by the way, who plays bass, and Carlos, who's our wonderful drummer. Yeah. Pour one out for both of them as you're listening, and mourn their recent loss. Already yeah, done. They're, they're fine. They're yeah. just not here. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever they don't. Any band member skips out on an interview, we pretend that they're dead because I mean, sure. clearly that's the only <laughs> thing that could take me, precedence. So. <laughs> yeah, the it's only be thing tough to repair the relationship after that. Yeah, just have to find a new rhythm section. Like, shoot, dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh, whenever I talk to bands that haven't done a whole lot of other press, if any, I'm not entirely sure. Especially more long form podcast interviews. I just love starting at the beginning, finding out how the band came together, how each of you got started with music. So my kind of traditional first question is, how did each of you get started individually with music? And was there like a specific moment that you knew or just a time that you knew that it was something you wanted to pursue beyond just kind of casual enjoyment or like, I guess, taking it to the level where you play in a band, you play shows and you record music? Right. Yeah, I'll start with this one. Um, Music has always been a big part of my family, so I feel like I got a good amount of exposure pretty young. Um, started p- playing guitar in seventh grade, and I don't know, it, it all just kind of happened really organically for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really like set out to even start this band. Um, been hanging out with the twins here for a while, a couple years before the band started, so um, we would just play music in the living room and play some covers, like eventually started writing some stuff, but... Um, mainly it was just like, Hey Phil, you want to come over and jam? And everyone was around and it all just, uh, came together. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, Matt and Alex and I, uh, all went to high school together. So we had been in choir, knew each other previous to going to school together in college. But, um, like that's kind of how I started playing music. Eventually I was just like, oh, okay, I want to keep singing, but I don't, I don't know any instruments. I need a way to accompany myself somehow. Picked up a uke and, and played in the dorm, you know, freshman year is kind of where I started playing a lot. And then like Matt said, we were just, we'd play covers in living rooms and stuff. And it was just fun. And eventually when Phil joined in, we got into a lot more kind of writing together and got, I guess, more serious as time went on because we, we, we wanted to be. Someone who could actually write lyrics, um, which yeah. is a big problem <laughs> in bands. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of my take on it. Just just to interject, Alex, Matt, and Daniel all write really good lyrics. Um, that's that's like a nice compliment, but like everyone in the band is a very good writer in their own way. Yeah, Bob. Yeah, I mean, I don't have too much to add. Uh, same thing as Daniel um, and Matt. You know, went to high school, got into music and in choir and musical theater and stuff. Uh, realized that I you know enjoyed it a lot. Then I would say. Um, just kind of carried that over into jamming and stuff. I don't really have too much more to to add to that. What shows were you in for musical theater? Just as uh, hairspray, kid? just some nice uh, background uh, background parts we, and hairspray. Both we of us. We weren't actors by any. No, 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 no. <laughs> just like fill in vocal singers and yeah, fleshing out the harmonies and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Respect that. What else? Yeah. A uh, Christmas Carol. Christmas Carol. Yep. Then there were a bunch of. Daniel uh, sang a Bob Marley uh, solo. That's true. <laughs> I did. It was, uh, it, what was that one? 
Uh, I can't even remember. Was it not was. waiting? Was it, one was it not waiting in vain? One love, I think it was. It was one love. Oh, God. <laughs> and that was, uh, That's yeah, so that grossly inappropriate, like, in <laughs> retrospect. <laughs> like, just to have a bunch of, like, white kids in Egan singing Bob Marley. Like, hey, I don't know. All it's right. about love, man. It's in the spirit of I guess that's true, but love is universal. I don't know. <laughs> sure, it is. You're right. You're right. It's just kind of funny. Um, so for me, um, I picked up a guitar for the sole purpose of being able to write songs. Um, I've been writing lyrics as a way to just kind of like make sense of life and like experience. And Specifically intended as lyrics or yeah. poetry that kind of evolved? Okay, lyrics. Um, definitely lyrics. Like it was always humming it from the get go. Um, hmm. I had a friend growing up named Evan um, who I actually met my first guitar teacher through Evan. Um, we had the same teacher, a guy named Joseph Loban, who is like this mad genius guitarist. Um, I think he lives in Thailand now. He's oh. like a really interesting <laughs> character. Um, so, kind of like an offbeat guy, but just a real genius and a wonderful teacher. Um, but through him, I learned, I was classically trained in guitar and everything was for writing. So um, everything was to accompany the lyrics I was writing. And he pushed me to be a better writer lyrically. Um, and I, yeah, I love writing songs and for for a long time it was just like a very um solitary pursuit um it was just kind of like to feel better um if something was going on in my life that I was having trouble dealing with I would try to write a song about it or even not try to write a song it would just like happen that would just be kind of the coping mechanism um which is actually kind of how we got started as a band yeah (laughs) through in the music that we put together a lot I mean Phil has a, a massive hand in in the general ideas of what the songs are about. Um, and yeah, like he's basically anytime I've ever seen Phil go through a hard time, he comes out with like, you know, a few songs that are always amazing and always really, really powerful about it. So that's thank you, man. I think, Um, I think it's pretty interesting. Um, just how everybody kind of approaches lyrics differently. mm -hmm. Um, but one of the things that Phil kind of imparted on all of us is like, instead of thinking of cool things to say, Think of what sentiment you want to share and then a cool way to say that. Mm. You know? Yeah. So um, it all starts from a feeling or uh, yeah, a general definitely. idea before any words come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to, to just to have something for everything to ladder up to. Um, but I was going to say the first, I think we had been friends and had been like jamming a little bit, but the first time we ever wrote a song together, um, I was, I, I'm Jewish. It was Yom Kippur and I was fasting. This is like junior year of college. So four years ago at this point and um matt texted me asked if i wanted to come over i was in a really kind of a little bit of a dark place it was mm-hmm. just about a year after i had lost my dad to a short battle with cancer and i'd written the lyrics to picture frames that day um or at least like most of them that day and then i came over and i was like I actually have these lyrics like do you guys want to write a song and everyone was down and like within i think less than two hours we had pretty much the the skeleton of picture frames written and it was like the first time for me that someone had like joined in and like helped me create something that was based on like a really painful very like lonely feeling and that's like that was like I don't know. There were just chills around the entire room from everyone in the band, everyone not in the band. Yeah, yeah. it was really cold in there. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's fun to be all creative with these guys, but you know, truly, it's been a pretty incredible support system for all mm-hmm. of us as well. So, was it all six of you at the at the first kind of jam session? At the time, Alex was watching the Vikings game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was in and out of the room. In and out. Yeah, yeah. No, it was mainly like. It was kind of like the four of us. And, and then just a bunch of... Our friend Jordan um, was yeah. in the room at the yeah, time. Yeah, my roommate at the time. Yeah, Matt's roommate at the time. Um, our former bassist, Trevor. Um, he was he kind of showed up later in the night that night, if I remember correctly. He was in it, though. Yeah, yeah. he was... He was singing along and... <laughs> yeah, he was like, he was like moved. Um, yeah. yeah. And then uh, Carlos was not... We actually didn't even know Carlos at the time, Trevor... Yeah, um, brought him into the mix a little bit later. This was a year before we played our first show, a full year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because you had went. Yeah, I, I ended up abroad. studying abroad and all this stuff. But cool. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Sorry, we're hijacking your question. No, <laughs> you're, you're getting uh, ahead and answering the next question. So 
yeah. would have gotten there anyways. on the topic of uh picture frames though i think that's like a pretty monumental um song for us just like in terms of what it meant for us down the line mm-hmm. it just opened the door to so much other creative moments you know yeah it's kind of unique so, to have like such an i guess relatively like iconic first moment at least yeah. in your own mind and just like your own experience yeah. and you can bring in others later on yeah i think <laughs> it started there um the next song that was like a genre defining tune for us i think was pen and paper oh uh, yeah totally. um that song totally changed how we played together how we approached songwriting you for can, a while you i mean can tell because it's like the structure of that song, a lot of our other songs yeah. follow it. <laughs> and, and the vibe of it, it has that, like, it's th- something about picture frames is, like, it felt nostalgic in the room while we were writing it. Like, <laughs> now, looking back, it's just nostalgic because it's, like, we were just kids. We weren't even a band yet. And, like, all that good stuff. But, like, the way it's, like, the subject matter, really, it's, like, that was the first time I ever wrote a song about, like, like with lyrics that weren't about something specific that were, like, an amalgamation of different things kind of like worked into a sort of fantasy and it like i think i think because of that it created something so relatable mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah. something mm-hmm. so like that like everyone can kind of tap into i don't really know how to verbalize it i mean sometimes songs are like written about someone's very specific very personal experience yeah and it's pretty detailed and then people can uh identify and empathize with that but Mm -hmm. it sounds like with this song it was just kind of an outpouring of emotion that's more it's inspired by something very specific but it kind of creates a broad well that people can kind of it was inspired yeah. by like my I pulled from feelings about my like high school girlfriend I pulled from feelings about um the girl I grew up next door to Abigail Greenberg she's still like one of my favorite people in the world she's awesome um we're still like super good friends we've known each other we've known each other since we were like three but like the handprints in wet cement is like doing those like weird little things that you do when you're kids and then they like yeah. chill on the you know front step of your house. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we might as well just talk about what that song is about because I mean maybe it's different for everyone here. But totally. Um, for me, it's about like knowing someone so well and just being an entire like a part of their life, and then time passes and you don't even know if this person is the same person anymore. You know, like they're totally different, and you're you're still have so much emotion and and feeling towards who they used to be. It seems like you guys haven't updated your website in like forever. So um, (laughs) it was hard to find like any, I guess, outside um, inspiration for like more specific questions. But the most interesting thing that was in your little bio is about how you started out just kind of playing like these improvised house shows, kind of what it sounds like um, led to the creation of picture frames. Was it just kind of, like they weren't even structured as shows. It's just like you all were there just jamming and yeah. people were also there who weren't yeah. playing It'd that kind like of thing. A party, you know, with groups of people that at least most of them knew each other very well. So everyone's very comfortable with each other. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would, you know, someone would be like, Oh, you guys, uh, you guys are playing music, right? And like, yeah. Can we show you something? And it would just start and then it would grow into, you know, we'd be throwing covers in there. Yeah. Other people would be passing the instruments around. And, yeah, you know, we had. a whole group of people that, um, you know, some, you know, kind of pockets that knew each other were all coming together in this kind of communal space. That was one of the most incredible experiences. That, you know, obviously, this happened a lot of times. We've gotten to know other bands from doing that a lot, I would say, too. Like... Alaska, who we know very well, yep. play with all the time, and they're playing with us at, at this upcoming show. Um, with the first night we play with them at Triple Rock, RIP. Um, oh, poor one out. I know, yeah. right? Yeah. Fuck, I love that place. Um, <laughs> they came back to us, uh, back home with us, and just like jammed with us in like our living room, yeah. oh. along with the guys in Early Eyes as well. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll never forget that. Time, just like so much fun. <laughs> That's like we, we heard Mookie sing like this song that they hadn't even finished yet. Like she oh, had just started yeah. writing it on her own. I don't think she was done with it. But you know, it's like this room full of like a bunch. We were like seniors in college. It's a bunch of like twenty-two-year-old dudes, and like Mookie grabs a guitar. She's like eighteen, and she's just like sings this song, and it's dead quiet for like five minutes. Like everyone just can't even breathe. It's, it's so beautiful. It's you know? powerful. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, skills. <laughs> yeah, she's amazing. She's all, all of them are yeah. incredible. Yeah. When did you guys start doing, I guess, since you played, you started playing shows and then you do these like collaborative things afterwards or in between? 
when did you guys start actually like writing the songs outside of these? Did you ever do that? Or were they all just kind of like one of you would have an idea or something or have some lyrics and they would evolve through these yeah, I think, uh, um, gatherings, I guess. That's a good question. I think each song maybe is a little different. Of course. <laughs> um, but especially in the beginning, um, I would come up with a guitar part and we would hang out in smaller groups, like maybe one or two of these singers here. And we would come up with a skeleton or maybe just like a general idea, like a verse and a chorus, and then bring that to the rest of the crew and then develop it in these communal jam sessions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, is that That's kind of mainly how it started. Well, yeah, I wouldn't even say that a lot of the writing happened in these jam sessions. Like it would be just kind of the band members or like a select four out of the six of us mm-hmm. together writing them. Um, even just like two or three. Yeah. I, like yeah. It's different. It's one thing when we come up with like the outlines of a song. So like lyrics or at least what will become the lyrics and like melodies and then like just a guitar part usually. Um, but, you know, there are times where like, like right now we have probably like four or five songs that have skeletons written that we haven't even started to really dig into as a band and like really arrange mm-hmm. and like flesh out. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess to answer the question, it's like, it would start with one or two people in the room together. Um, you never know whether like an idea that I had for a verse might work with something that Matt has for guitar until, you know, we're in the same room and we're hearing it over each other. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, that's really unique. Um, even like most bands that we've talked to, they, if they have like kind of more jammy, mindset for developing songs it's just them where you guys are kind of bringing it back and forth with larger groups of people and then smaller groups that's do you think that has affected the way the songs have developed like if you maybe there's like a song that you guys developed more internally would does that like contrast at all um with like more the more communal songs i suppose yeah there's there are certain parts i guess in in actually well, I guess there's one song I'm thinking of in particular, which is To Let You Find Yourself, another new song that's going to be on Homemade Jams, but it there's a, a gang vocal part in it. Yeah. I guess that kind of inspiration is drawn from, you know, singing in groups of people, because it sounds so good, right? All the voices <laughs> smoothing themselves out and kind of leveling each other out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, I guess that's one good example I have. Yeah, and I, another genre I think pivot. that's... Yeah, that's a good example of the communal communal side, but that does vary, um, you know, from song to song. And there are certain songs where Phil will have the whole skeleton written, and maybe it's more um, personal to him, and it's not something where we would write it that way. Um, the, and the thing is, you got to something that I'm trying to work on, and hopefully, I'm getting better at as a writer is like writing things and like even if it is really emotional like trying to like let go of that a little bit Mm -hmm. i think to let you find yourself is a good example i wrote the skeleton of that song and all the lyrics of that song within 45 minutes about five days after a breakup right um and to come into it like you'll hear the rhythmic section at the end and that came from um matt and i jamming on it and that and that's like how it evolved like i didn't i kind of let go of what i thought the song was supposed to be Mm. um because at the end of the day, we're a band. Like, yeah. this isn't the Philippine Project. This is Stoner Childs. And, like, I'm not writing these songs for them to be just for me. I'm, I'm writing these songs because I need to write them. But, like, it's a product of all six of us. And, yeah, you're not locking them down. In... Def- yeah, I'm right. trying not to. Sometimes <laughs> I probably do and act like a little bit well, of an Well, sometimes but... <laughs> that's just what it is, you know what I mean? Like, if you're trying to get this message out, like, of course it's going to be coming from the depths of, of your soul. You know what I mean? It's not going to be, it's not always going to be written with a group in mind, but Phil, you know, he does write a lot of parts um, with us other singers in mind, you know, like, Oh, this is definitely going to work with this voice or, yeah, you know, stylistically uh, that happens a lot. I'd say. Are you the primary lyricist Phil? Um, or for, I know you mentioned, I think one of you mentioned of the, that most oh, of the songs, most of them. Um, okay. Yeah. But Alex, um, is, res- is responsible for $10 Day. Um, oh, killer. And then Kingdoms. 
Foreign Ink, like, and we and we collaborate on everything too. Oh, like, yeah. If Alex is writing something and like he asks my opinion, like I'll I'll be like, hey, like how about we try this word here? And I do the same thing with yeah. these guys mm-hmm. for right. sure. I'd say if you stacked it up, Phil definitely writes the most words. Lyrically, uh, yeah, has the um, biggest contribution. But you know, like there's other parts to it too, like the like sometimes I'll come up with like a vocal melody and that'll be like totally. sort of like the base of it, and then he'll write words to it or mm-hmm. rework words I already wrote. It, yeah, it just depends. It's it's a huge collaborative yeah, very fluid okay yeah yeah definitely. that uh kind of leads me to my next question continuing with like the fluid communal aspect of the band um just i think a couple days after you played your first show you started uploading the live local sessions on your youtube channel um yeah. <laughs> which has been it was interesting to kind of dive into that um a little bit more like yesterday today and i was prepping for this um what gave you guys the idea of putting like these live sessions online is that just a way of young building giant. like it's just okay. it's just straight up young Honestly, giant. Like, okay. yeah i mean yeah. there are tons of bands that do stuff like that yeah honestly the the real meat of it is that it's much easier to record one mic in a living room or like we the first one might have been outside but mm-hmm. um it's then so much easier than to studio. rent some studio time find some producers find some mix like masters you know we just wanted content and it's all friends too that do it like our friend aiden who's a phenomenal guy and like really multi-talented he does sound for those our buddy andrew coming films all of them like these are like friends it's not like we're hiring this out yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. so the easiest way to get the music out there shout out to both of them for helping us on that Mm -hmm. they are killer yeah super professional guys and also have a good time when we're working with them yeah um but they uh these videos, like a lot of these songs were written that way, you know? Uh-huh. So it's kind of like you get some insight into how the songs sound um, as we're writing them. Yeah, especially since I think in almost every case, um, yeah, in absolutely every case, uh, their songs that were released online before they came out in any recorded capacity, no matter what EP or release they were on, which yeah. was just that was probably the most interesting thing about it. Like, oh, these songs have existed for like two or three years before they were ever put out. Mm-hmm. on spotify or Bandcamp local calls or whatever. only was written in the summer of 2016 and that's just coming out, just coming out right yeah. now <laughs> we, we opened our first show with that and mm-hmm. now it's opening the ep homemade jams out everywhere 1126 <laughs> <laughs> that just comes down to like what do you have available that's like polished enough to release and what sounds good together and that Obviously, when we came out with Kingdoms, we felt like those were the best, even okay. though we already had songs that we're now just releasing written at that time. Um, and the other thing is, yeah, you just, it was, it's easy, you want to get content out. And so mm-hmm. a lot of those songs, it's just like easy for us to put out a quick video that takes us an afternoon yeah. and then some post editing um, versus like, you know, recording it, which takes forever. Six, <laughs> yeah, forever, literally. Yeah. And, we were like blown away with the response on those too. Mm. Like we did not expect, I put those out expecting like, you know, just some, some friends and, and family to, to watch them. And I was like sure really maybe. surprised how many, you know, people would watch those. So oh, I thought we were going to be absolutely famous. Yeah. Our mom, me, my mom and Matt's mom are trying to get the band on Ellen. And like, I don't think my mom understands how Ellen works. Like she's, she's like, we can do it. We can get you on Ellen. And I'm like, yeah, go for it. Just go, <laughs> like, just go viral in a Walmart or something. Keep it up. Yeah, just, yeah. Um, Alex, you kind of touched on this a little bit. Um, since a lot of these songs have just existed for so much longer than um, or so much more time before they were put on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you, do you normally go about like selecting which ones? Is it just like, okay, we have these songs. You just kind of get together and think about like, we want to put something out. What songs do we think that are ready to record right now would go out? Like, do you decide it before recording? Yeah. After I'm, I'm assuming not after. I think we only have like the insight at the time of where the songs are at at that time. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to say like, you know, this one's developed enough. Sometimes there's a song that we have a lot more work to do, but we're like, we feel like it will fit into the a release and we'll kind of push it forward and work yeah. on it more. That's happened a couple times. There's a couple um, songs that we chose for the season 
So, um, like, there's a video that we shot next to a pile of wood in a porch, and like, autumn brown. It's the perfect. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we were like, we got to get this done before it turns. And now it's been two years, and we're putting it out in Honestly. the end of November, two yeah. years later. Yeah. We tried. Yeah, we did the best. <laughs> and I guess when it comes to like what goes well together on releases, like actual recordings, not just those like videos, it's. It's hard to explain, but a lot of times it ends up being songs that are written around the similar time frame. Yeah. Um, that just because they sound similar, there's some yeah. inspiration that's similar across them that they're all coming yeah. from. Um, but it's really hard to explain. And put something, words. yeah, something that's like really important to me is to have each release kind of be a cohesive thing. Mm-hmm. Like um, some albums maybe feel like each song, like you're flipping through pictures where some albums are more like you're watching a movie. Yeah. And so it's like all kind of one central vibe. And you'll notice that with our releases, like Kingdoms is so much different than An Idle Mind. Yeah. And, oh. and these next two are going to be different in their own right. Yeah. Too, these so. two, like a lot of people have been asking me personally, like why, why two EPs instead of an album? And I'm like, because these two are just such like EPs. And I think one of the things about all of us, you know, working full time and being like, you know, this is a side project is that we have the luxury of making sure that the music goes out exactly how it should go out and like being able to prioritize that and not have to worry about the money Mm -hmm. as much because like at the end of the day, like it's a little more serious than that, but it's still a hobby. Um, So like (laughs) we can make sure that the art comes first and like release things in a way where homemade jams belongs together and season sublime belongs together. Let us know if we did well. Yeah. Even yeah, like yeah, a double album? It's been a... It's just one album. Just, just one? It, okay. Just putting them all together. We've Yeah, we've thought about that. Like Matt said, we just the most important thing for us is to make sure that it's cohesive. That yeah. whatever we decide, it makes sense together, whether that's, you know, uh, three different sets of, of three or, or just, you know, yeah. nine mm-hmm. songs all yeah. together. Could whatever. have done what... It, and typically it's based on um, the style of the music itself mm-hmm. and then the I, some... Song, I yeah. guess, could have done what Coldplay just did, where they do two shorter albums as right. one album instead of like the full ninety-minute double album. Because honestly, who has time to listen to that most yeah. of the time these days? I feel like I see a trend of, you know, at least the artists I listen to moving away from long albums. Totally. It still happens, but I see a lot. Well, of them it's mostly just rappers that are stream baiting. Well, no. you look at you look at people like uh, Peach Pit and Pine Grove and like. The, you know, obviously, like these are like our heroes, or my. Per- I won't speak for anyone else. We love, like, we all love both. Phil yeah. loves them probably more than I know. I, I fucking <laughs> love Pine Grove. Like, I'm serious. Like, okay, so Pine Grove recently on Spotify got added to our like, to our like, people also like, like whatever. Related so, like, if you listen to a Stoner Child song, a Pine Grove song might come on after. And that, like, like the it's algorithm, really like, made me want to cry. Like, it, it, like the algorithm the, made me want to cry. the sweetest thing an algorithm has ever done for me. I can't wait for, like, the AI concept EP that comes yeah. next about how yeah, algorithms make marry, you cry. I'm going to marry Spotify's AI. Um, no one's ever loved me more than Spotify's AI um, in that moment. Do you want us to cut that out in post? Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> Whatever. It's true. Um, <laughs> no, no. My mom would, my mom would uh, definitely object to that <laughs> yeah, yeah she would ask me if spotify was jewish yeah is the algorithm kosher oh my god yeah is this is this algorithm coach <laughs> oh my god um, probably hope so um, yeah back to the point um right. you guys have put out with only one exception little hello shorelines um have put out I guess two sets of double EPs. These ones are coming out at the same time. And Idle Mind and Kingdoms came apart like a season apart. Um, do you, has that been like a conscious thing? Like I know you talked about how you group the individual EPs, but like grouping them almost in twos, and then how these are coming out same day, same time, and um, then the other two came out separately. Because I feel like Kingdoms um, versus Idle Mind. You kind of mentioned this are polar opposites in a lot of ways like sonically just tonally lyrically everything um like almost to be completely um over the top light and dark a little bit um very loosely don't we don't need like maybe this a good and evil thing um these two are different in their own respects but they're i guess more kind of there's more overlap at least kind of that's why i gathered and listening to us they're they're more us okay and and the the songs are written i think like a little bit from more of a mature standpoint Uh uh-huh um, in this, I've been thinking a lot lately about how like 
when you're writing from an emotional space, you're writing from like a point in an emotional arc, right? Like mm-hmm. you're writing tangentially and that piece of art that is going to express that is going to just like kind of be where you were through that emotional process um, and just kind of live there forever. And I think the older I get personally, the later in that emotional arc I'm starting to write. Like I'm taking more time to figure out how am I feeling, um, asking kind of like those deeper questions of myself so that I can give a more honest and nuanced response mm-hmm. rather than just, you know, kind of having putting it on the Daniel page right away to scream. Ah, ah, <laughs> you know, like, rather than having Daniel scream, it's like coming from like a little bit of a quieter voice that's still just as poignant still, still just as honest yeah, well, but, you're, you're the yeah. hardcore vocalist he's a clean vocalist <laughs> yeah i think uh, we're all the creed vo- vocalists um, <laughs> by the time we got around to writing these next round of songs um we had just really found our place mm-hmm. individually in the band you know each one of us you know yeah we, we know what we need to do to make the songs really click and i think we capitalized on our synergies (laughs) that's so beautiful uh, but but to answer your question in terms of like our planning our releases we just record them and put them out and at first yeah (laughs) at first we would just take the studio for a weekend and so that's the result of kingdoms and then we got another weekend a couple months later and that's idle mind and Mm -hmm. this time we kind of planned ahead a little bit more took some time away from work and went out to eau claire yeah. Um, recorded, yeah, we recorded all ten or twelve, if you include the intros to the EPs, um, all twelve songs, and then we decided to split them up into two. Yeah, and strategically, you know, it might have made more sense to space out the releases, but we're at a point where we had this music recorded. Like it, the songs that so, we play, we've been playing them at shows for years. Like, yeah, we got to get this out there. Yeah, we want so to share it with people. Hold that back. Yeah, we, yeah. It's, it's we again, like I. I I could give a shit whether or not like I'm still in a band, but I just want to keep making music and like sharing that music with people because I'm so proud of what we make together. Like I, I really do like feel something when I hear it or play it um, regardless. And I want people to be able to experience that. Yeah. It always baffles me when it always baffles me when bands are just sitting on like an archive of songs. Like uh, Joe interviewed the band partition like a month or Mm -hmm. so ago. And their front person has like four to five albums written that they just that's and like awesome. that are ready to go that's pretty awesome. much. And they're, they're just now putting out their first album in like 2020, and they've just been sitting on this yeah, well we of songs. It's like, <laughs> and there's always put them out. Well. Damn. <laughs> I know. There's always going to be a well, right? Like we, what would you guys say as far as songs that are written and finished? There's like there's got to be over 30, 30 something? 35, something. Yeah. Like that. And yeah. so you're always going to have extra stuff. So we kind of sat there, we're like, okay, we in a while i'd love to we'd love to put some new music out here's our bank of songs yeah what fits together do we need to wait and write more and see if we can you know put something also together letting also letting songs answer. mature too like that that's yes. the other thing True. like sometimes i feel like it takes a, a year of playing something live like if you listen to the uh local session of nothing's gonna change it's horrible it's so fast like we're not vibing in the way that we vibe with that song now with the way it sounds recorded like it's just better now because we gave it time to like actually play it on stage a ton and figure out the nuance and like some of that doesn't happen on purpose it just comes from doing it and then the other variable involved that i don't think has been brought up is money of course right yeah yeah achieving economies of scale (laughs) that we make from shows and selling merch um, outside of maybe paying people out for parking or things here and there, we save it all up and, and then that money goes into paying for producing music. So, you know, mm-hmm. we have to see how much we have and that also determines like how big, how how frequently, yeah, how big of a project we're going to go. Because we don't, we don't want the, we don't want to do this stuff if we're not going to do it right. So like we want to spend the money that it takes to work with people like Evan Middlesworth at Pine Hollow who just you know, elevated us this time around. Um, being able to spend the extra money and yeah, the extra more, time and right. do it right. Like, we got so much more out of these I songs. I mean, not that it was done wrong, I would say, no. with, the, with the last studio. It's just, you know, different and we're growing and we need, you know, we need... We needed someone who, like, well. kind of, like, fit with our vibe and, like, yeah. gave us, like, a little bit different of an experience and Evan was unbelievable in that mm-hmm. regard. Yeah. Yeah, I think whoever runs the Instagram most commonly mentioned that is he, correct me if I'm wrong, is he 
someone who's like recorded with Laska. Is he a member? Um, he he's plays guitar with... for Laska. Okay, and he's also in the band. has recorded all their work. Um, yeah. Okay. He's he plays piano for them too. He's yeah, he's a, he's just an unbelievable guy. Yeah, he he loves those girls to death. Um, he's an he's reason, an amazing, yeah. amazing person. Um, and so are they, by the way. Like we yeah. we're gushing over their music, obviously, but I think it's like we worth saying. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's so beautiful, but yeah. I think like it's also worth saying that you know the Morton sisters are th- are three of the most just like empathetic, like kind, artistic women I've ever met. Like they're amazing people. I think they're putting out like a single the day of the release show. Or, yes, like, they are. Yeah, yeah. day of. That's yeah. bold. They are hijacking the EP release. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> single release. Yeah, we approve. Come on, We've midway through you guys. Them in other ways, <laughs> we stolen. Uh, we we stole their old. Dr- their yeah, our bassist used to be their drummer. Uh, and then they got Keegan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they have they, Keegan now, who's yeah. also phenomenal. Oh yeah. Mookie came up to me and she was like, "Don't steal him. <laughs> He's ours. You understand?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We stole we stole their producer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Borrowed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, I mean, they find great people. Now they really do. Steal their talent. Yeah, it's like Space Jam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, a lot of what you guys have talked about, as far as inspirations for the songs go, has been very emotional. Whether it's specific or broad, whatever it is, um, is that would you say like the primary or only inspiration that leads into the creation of songs, like? Lyrically, obviously, that'd be the most direct, I guess, um, connection, whether like the emotion is reflected in the lyrics. Um, But it also kind of affects the performances, like how you guys are, uh, like what level or what plane you're on, like mentally when you're recording. Or are there other influences and inspirations that kind of sneak into the song, sneak into the lyrics or whatever? Um, I think from a technical standpoint, definitely. Like there are things you'll hear listening to music and you're like, I want to emulate that in my Mm -hmm. own way as a guitarist or as a singer or whatever, um, you might play. Um, I think like the, the technical aspects of the songs and the emotional aspects of the songs are so intertwined. Um, I tend to focus a little bit more on the emotional aspects and like what, and like making sure that if we do do something that's kind of technically impressive, that it does kind of ladder up and add to whatever that emotional response is that we're trying to elicit. Mm Um, or, or like whatever that feeling we're trying to just like tap into. Um, anybody else want to talk? Yeah. About? <laughs> <laughs> I, it's a shame that Carlos isn't here. Cause I think he would have a completely different opinion than Phil on this. I oh, think he I is, um, we'll do a phone interview. Yeah. Adam Skype yeah. him in. <laughs> um, Photoshop. Is that how that works? Yeah. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's a Lightroom actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but he, he is such a, he has such a particular style hmm. and it, took some time for um everyone here to be able to jive you know <laughs> together with that kind of like mindset and approach um he he cuts the song into subsections and then subdivides yeah. those and Th- sees like there's a lot of, of intersections and a lot of yeah. their songs yeah and even like instantaneous or like within a measure he'll chop it all up mm, and add yeah. like oh like a like a bell hit on the ride here or like a tom here and so for him, I feel like his approach to writing is very methodical. Or is that the word? I don't know. Um, I think so. Versus <laughs> but, emotional. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But he uh, he has found a way to do what he does best within the context of this band, and it's absolutely unreal. Like just <laughs> yeah. how much we, how much energy we take from him when we're playing. He is like. Yeah, if you ever look at photos, his face is always just like <laughs> crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah. despite uh, yeah, uh, Noah being the one that's memed all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, that we just do that because it makes him uncomfortable. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just handled it like the least well. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's deceased. You can't do that to him anymore. Yeah, he's always just like he's just like, yeah. What's uh, what's what's that photo out there? <laughs> <laughs> Anything to add for you guys? Since I, for I, what I, lyrics you have contributed, you. what. Songwriting you have contributed. Yeah, I mean, I guess give Alex a spotlight. Yeah, um, I don't know too much to add that I can think. Of. I mean, it's it's all of course based off emotion. You don't write a song if you don't feel something for it, whatever that is. Just depends on what that emotion's coming from. Could be an ex girlfriend. Could be another ex girlfriend. Could be another. <laughs> what are you trying to say? Yeah. Yeah. Be, what are you trying to say, band? man? Could be just like a nostalgic <laughs> yeah. experience. Could be something you're struggling with in your other 
uh, usually, you know, it has to do with people or experiences, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the thing, things that draw the most emotion. Um, Even the jammy ones, too. Like, you can, I think, like, if I'm not being the person to drive the bus on writing a song, like, local calls only, for example. Like, Matt, like, wrote a guitar part, and I wasn't necessarily going through anything too terrible at that point but i remember just being like how is this making me feel like what are the words coming to my mind and the first thing that came to my mind when he did the wah, 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 was the i've been driving through wisconsin and then like a whole song came out of that like vibe the vibe of wisconsin yeah, yeah the vibe of driving through wisconsin the vibe of culvers yeah and- trying to not <laughs> stop because I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> That's fair. I'm, I'm, actually, from, I'm from Chicago, so I have driven oh. between here and Chicago like yeah. probably like 50 times. We, ha- we, have, uh, we have a, a goal to stop at every Culver's between here and Chicago. <laughs> at some yeah. point. It's excruciating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Too many butter burgers. Yeah, to the, dis- to the dismay of my mother's toilet in Northbrook, Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I'm That's... just kidding. <laughs> you guys aren't it's it's weird to kind of think of how to qualify parts of the Minneapolis Twin Cities scene because um, oftentimes when people say that they just mean like the the house show circuit and like the bands that are always playing that. But ultimately, I, I would argue it includes pretty much any band that's like recording and gigging in the cities, even if like they aren't doing every show here. Tours exist, um, but compared to kind of like the typical, I'm putting that in air quotes, um, aspects of the scene, the typical bands. Since you guys are kind of outside of that, um, like you have the people that you've played shows with repeatedly, um, Goodnight Gorillas, love them. Alaska, haven't interviewed them, but we still love them. Um, and so on. I think there's probably some others. I briefly stalked the Facebook yeah, events on the Facebook page. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Since you guys are kind of have that outside perspective where you're kind of just carving your own path instead of trying to get into something, um, how has that like... I guess affected who you play shows with, if you have any say in that, just how you perceive things um, yeah, as participants. There's a killer scene in Minneapolis, like for house shows, and I know there's tons of hardcore bands that are pretty yeah. big in Minneapolis. Um, a lot more than you would think. That's yeah, just right. Like it's all underground, and it's yeah, it's so cool. I mean, um, we have no opposition to that. No, no, I'm not trying to be like, hey, all. talk just, smack about the hardcore bands. No, That's not yeah. what the question was. No, if they, anything, yeah. we were in that a little bit more in our earlier time, probably just because of our age group, more exposure yeah. to other people. Mm-hmm. We played house shows yeah. and stuff. We were, Vibes part one and two. Maybe uh, less so now. Uh, shout out to uh, that art collab that uh, happened over in uh, Dinkytown. Yeah, yeah, Dinkytown. Yeah, but I think we're just doing doing what we can with the resources that we have available to us. Yeah, you know, totally. we're, we meet these people organically, like uh, Inland Coastal, we play with them maybe half our shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. We that's when anyone's escaping me. Yeah, we know these guys from way back. Like They were involved in some of the living room jams that we talked about. Um, mm-hmm. And th- these are just the people that we know, and that's mm-hmm. how we book our shows, and maybe some other band will get on the bill. Yeah, we'll- I, I mean, it's... It, there's such an inclusive scene here. Like, there's uh, this band called Aldrich. I don't know if you know them. No, it's I like haven't. a duo. Um, ben works at the Spy House near where I work, and like we talk music all the time because like I'd walk in there for a coffee and it would just sound awesome. I'd be like, "What are we listening to right now?" And yeah. like, I see this guy at shows, and like we want to play a show with them. They're amazing. Like uh, Verluna, who's also opening up mm-hmm. the show. Verluna is this wonderful band from Chicago. I was in town about um, a year ago and. A buddy of mine saw me on Snap Maps that I was in town. He was like, yo, I got an extra ticket to a so far. You want to go? And we heard them. And I like was just like, oh, these guys are insane. Ran up to their lead singer after the show. And you just ask. Like, you just like say, hey, like, I want to play a show with you sometime. I want to like, collaborate. Do you want to come some and do way. this with us? And, like, uh-huh. and at first, I yeah. think it started with people asking us. Like, I remember our, when we first started. I think we booked our first show at Norseman. Like, did that ourselves. But after that, it was like we just kind of took you know, bands that we played with at the last show would ask us to play another show and we'd take that and it was just kind of like, took what we got, you know? Now we're lucky to have like built a relationship with some bookers at certain venues and be able to book our own stuff more mm-hmm. than we used to um, and that affects it too. Yeah, you know. It's yeah, just, I think if like, in terms of advice for, you know, like how do you guys like, go play shows? Like how did you start How'd you get the ice house? Yeah, so uh, we... <laughs> literally like you just 
if you you are passionate about something, you do it. You find other people that are passionate about it. Like that first show that we booked at Norse, and maybe that wasn't our first show, but our first venue or mm-hmm. bar or whatever. Like Phil and I were just playing guitar out on the Stone Arch Bridge, like just singing some harmonies, and some people approached us and were like, "Hey, you guys should like talk to this booker or whatever." Oh. Mm-hmm. And like, if it's you, serendipitous. If you just go and do this stuff, like it it comes it comes together. Yeah, and it's like. You know, there's no right or wrong way to start playing shows or like find venues. But if you want to find a venue, there's no problem being honest about that. You know, like if if you if if anyone right now is listening to this and they like want to play a show with us, like slide into our DMs. Like, yeah, like hit me up and I'll check out your music and I'll show it to the guys. And like, that's how we find bands that we want to play with. And I'm hoping that there are other bands that are going to find us and want to play with us through that stuff. Totally. Yeah, that's kind of like the key to the scene. Right there. Yeah, it's that it's that like you're writing this stuff because you love it. Like I when I go to see Goodnight Gorillas, like even if we're not playing with them, like I'm in the front row and I'm screaming every lyric. Like yeah. you know what I mean? And it's because like I think their music taps into something and like it's the same reason I yeah. love Laska and like mm-hmm. bands like Last Import that are super cool. Like they're you know, there's a million local bands that are so awesome. What do you guys want to get out of the band um that's a very big question and it will probably echo a lot of what we've talked about this has been a very free-flowing interview which i think is awesome um what do you guys want to get out of stone our trials and what do you want other people to get out of that because even if it's kind of the same it'll be different in that just because of who you are because of who is hearing it who's seeing you guys yeah ultimately Um, i mean really broad stroke answer i just want to keep having fun like that is the the reason we got into this in the first place. And I remember Phil saying this when we started to get a little bit more serious about like trying to book shows and, and you know, meet right, record, right, yeah. and record and all that stuff. I remember him saying like, hey guys, like I just want us all to remember we can't stop having fun with this. That is the most important thing that we continue as serious as it gets, wherever direction this goes. And that really stuck with me. If it's mm-hmm. not fun, why would we spend so much time doing it? You know? Yeah. Especially at like the local level, because you're probably not getting enough money to justify it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, definitely not. Even if like, yeah. You know, yeah. Stuff. And then yeah. also on the, uh, on another hand, I, I, I love it when people can connect to it on a deep level. You know what I mean? I mean, it's really fun to have people rocking out at a show and, and jamming and dancing, just having a good time. We feed off that energy. Um, but then there are people that will be like, hey, like this lyric, this line like really touched me. It really means something, you know. Um, that's an amazing experience as like a songwriter, as a group of, of musicians to have that effect on people is, is incredible. So, I mean, that's a large hope, right? to have that continually happen. Of course. Hopefully we continue to put out music that's good enough to make people feel things. Um, but I think for me personally, it's just mm-hmm. I want to keep having fun with this. Yeah. yeah. Totally. I think there's just a certain energy that kind of comes about when you're in a room with a bunch of people jamming on a central idea and everyone's on that same wavelength, you know? Like the, it just, it's very powerful and it's a release from like life you know like for that moment you are you are in it and you're present and you're not thinking about anything else yeah for performer and audience member, exactly so yeah, yeah. Like, it's like meditative you know it is absolutely it's an escape for sure mm-hmm. anyone else got anything to add no man you guys hit it right on the nail it's just about <laughs> having fun and creating stuff that other people can also have fun with music is fun um um, i think for for me i think a lot about like the like loci of control um of like i can't control whether or not someone else is going to connect with this shit um like i just can't so i so for that reason like to me making music is like almost selfish and that like i'm not motivated by how other people are going to feel about it and i think like balancing like not necessarily being motivated, but still being so deeply appreciative of it. Mm-hmm. Like if someone says something about like a lyric in a song or like just anything about this music, making them feel something or like if it just gets them through the day, like I know that there's songs that I throw on to just get through the day. And like to think that we could do something like that is incredible. And is by I, I by no means want to minimize that, but for me, it's like you can't control what other people are going right. to think when you're making something. So, so it's if, not the expectation. Yeah, do it at all. 
So like yeah. when I am writing personally and like I don't want to speak for anyone else in the band about this because I think it's different for everyone and some in different combinations of ways. Um, it's always from this place of like, what do I need to say? Like, what do I need to create? And like, I want to make something that I will love. Um, and that I'll want to keep playing or keep listening to because at the end of the day, I'm only in control of my own opinion and like how I feel about it. So like, let's make something that like I love and that like each Mm -hmm. one of us can love in our own way. I think, um, music in general can be pretty selfish like you put you make a playlist for yourself you know like and you use that playlist for whatever you use it for maybe it's to go to sleep maybe it's to like hype you up like phil once told me he's like man i was that kid one day you know like putting songs on a playlist and if we can be that addition or that you know um it's such a to someone else's like personal yeah. life, like it's such a strange can, organic yeah, way of yeah. If we're on finding. someone's breakup playlist, like hit us <laughs> up and like we'll send you a shirt. Like that's <laughs> that's amazing. That's the Pine Grove being on Stone Our Child's radio, that's the the next biggest thing. Yeah, that yeah. yeah, but but I have said and I'll say it again. If we play a tiny desk, I'm cool kidding. I'm cool quitting music oh, yeah. forever. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, if we have to just have like one event that we could yeah, do. tiny desk, tiny and then I'm cool quitting people. forever. Yeah. Um, that's the end of the serious questions, unless anyone else has anything else to add. I, I, serious is in quotes because... Thank you so much out. for listening to anyone that's listening. Thank yeah. you. Because, like, <laughs> again, when I say, like, it's selfish to create and, like, you can't be motivated to create by other people, that, again, does not mean that it doesn't affect each and every one of us on such a, like, visceral level that someone would choose to go listen to one of our songs. Because, like... It is so easy to choose to not listen to something or to like not go out of your way to find like some local band or whatever. Um, so the fact that like that is not lost on any of the six of us. Right. Mm-hmm. We can't expect to continue to get that from people, but we love it so much. And, yeah. And appreciate it while it's here. Yeah. Well, Definitely. We honestly, cherish that's, it. That's why we appreciate the Year Coffee guys so much. Oh, like oh. bringing that, you know, much flavor to so many more people yeah. and like. Mm-hmm. I'll read anything you guys post. Like, <laughs> well, well you, you give such a shit about the music. It's not just like, hey, this is out and like this is what this band's all about. It's like, here's how this song made me feel. And like you get in the weeds on this stuff and it's like, like you you care. You know what I mean? And the fact that you care, like I'm sure it makes each and every artist just just melt the way it makes us melt. You know, like it matters so much. Yeah, or, Matt, or to- Matt was saying <laughs> after he read your thing on $10 a day, he's like, dang. His writing about this song is better than the damn song. <laughs> no, that is for the record. That is not true. I I would not go so far to say that. Um, if anything, it's just a vehicle to get people to listen to the music because yeah, that's we the point. It, um, our awesome our favorite music. two kind of trends are when parents get really excited about um, the music that their kids are making, and then they share our article, which is like uh, like my mom uh, has definitely shared your article. Yeah, I think your mom maybe i think one of your yeah, might have, <laughs> why, why not uh irv dell isaac's dad loves and likes follows us on instagram it's so funny and then when bands whether they're joking or not because like it's the internet you, you can kind of say whatever you want um saying like oh your article made us cry it's like i don't know if that's literal or not but even just thinking about that is so strange and validating yeah. it's super yeah. funny yeah um because usually it's the music it's the other way around it's the music making us or making other people feel those emotions yeah right but like when you're when you're putting something out man like i don't know like if you're if you're talking to a significant other if you're talking to a family member or even just a good friend um and you get to a point where you have to be truly vulnerable in like the calm sense where you're not yelling and you're just being honest about how you feel about something and like it's it's painful and beautiful and also kind of a release it's it's like this complicated gorgeous feeling and i think it's like the most human you can be and that's like what we're trying to do with each and every one of these songs. Mm-hmm. So if this song like hits someone in any way, it, it feels like being heard. You know, yeah. it just it just feels like someone accepting uh, on you a deeper for level. You, yeah. For who you yeah. really are mm-hmm. on like the deepest level. Because for me, these songs are like like, a, you know, like name any one of them. And it's like there's a piece of my soul in each one of these. Right. And it's like um, yeah. the two <laughs> questions or at least one of the two that I like to add at the end. I like to start and end my interviews kind of in a nice little sandwich. Um, and everyone has a different answer for these questions. Um, who would be your local 
dream collab? Like who would you want to work with? Like you can say Prince, but do you really want to say Prince? Um, I mean, probably. Um, but like currently like alive working in the scene, whether you know them personally or not, it could be anyone. Um, and if everyone has an answer, I'd love to hear it. And then the second question is what recent releases, albums or songs, local or otherwise, usually people give local answers, but if you're vibing with like something on a national level, shout that out. Like I just love hearing what people are listening to. I'm pulling up my Spotify. Um, yeah, everyone pulls up their Spotify. Yeah. We can <laughs> we can edit the little pause that comes out when everyone's checking their phones to see what they're recently played is. Um, yeah, but we can, whenever you guys are ready, we can go around the semicircle and yeah, see. Sure. Okay. Um, I can start on the, the first question. Um, Local local collabs. I mean, we love we would we love Alaska so much. We've already like do a collab. Oh my Imagine gosh. just doing something with like all six of us singing. We've talked about like yeah. if you watch like the Oholos, like the style that they have, where they got like two drum kits and just a massive group, and they've got this big powerful gang vocals just all live. It's like so amazing. I mean, to do something like that with the bands that we already really like and, and play with a lot, like Inland Coastal, Alaska. I mean, that would be really fun. Um, good luck finding errors. Oh my yeah, yeah, they're, they're so good. Really like, I mean, oh god, they're so good. Sleeping Jesus is another one. Sleeping oh. Jesus. Oh yeah. These guys are awesome. Yeah. They're so nice too. Fragile Canyons just put out a record. Oh, um, they did. Here it's it is. It's such a good song. Yeah. And like, Cowboy Economy is a sick song. They put on a, a nuts show, by the way. If anyone wants, yeah, to people catch need to see them. Li- the memes are great, but see them live. Come on. Say what you will about them, but Hippocampus would be a cool one. I mean, totally. I feel like when we first started, especially. Say what you yeah. want. Yeah, they're sick. They're just yeah. We've seen them like eight times. Oh, I, I love them. I'm only saying that in the fact that they've changed their style a lot. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah. And oh, so sure. you know, maybe as bands too. But yeah. I think that when we were first started like writing, they were a big inspiration for sure. Mm-hmm. And to see like a bunch of young guys that were they're even younger than us, like to go out there and do something super successful in a similar totally. genre was pretty inspiring. Yeah, they're, they're one of the few, I guess, indie rock, that's in air quotes, um, bands that have kind of ascended a little bit past the scene. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's just automatically an inspiration to pretty much anyone. Coast. Like, oh, yeah, that's why. I, <laughs> I would love to... Good. Joe, if you're listening, I would love to write a song with Joe Graves. Um, oh I think gosh. Joe is one of the oddest and best writers I've ever met. Some tells me you can make that happen. Yeah, um, <laughs> Joe, like <laughs> Joe. I think Joe's writing lyrically is so like layered, and it's just oh, yeah. like it's so yeah. deep. Like you can get so much out of it. Dude, they put out a three piece so concept funny. album about love or something. Like who? That's yeah, just so yeah. insane. Um, they're super dope. Like obviously, everyone else on the list is another is like a band that i would want to like play with i would love to like pick carrie from bad bad hats brain she's like she's an interesting person yeah she's very odd on stage but like she's yeah she's awesome lizzo who wouldn't want to work with lizzo right now (laughs) daniel does a lizzo impression that's pretty good head toss check my nails (laughs) baby how you doing feeling good as hell yeah, so. nice. Lizzo, hit me up. Perfect. Hit me up. Can't yeah. wait for the good as hell cover. More of that, come to the show. Yeah. Get some covers. So yeah, locally, yeah. everyone should check out Aldrich though. Um, check out Aldrich. They have a band. They have an album out called Hindsight. It's very like chill. Throw it on like in the morning. Throw it on when you're cooking. Just like it's really mm. nice. Like to just like help you relax. Um, but yeah. they're really, really, really good. Awesome. On the, on the national scale pine grub would be the most amazing oh yeah <laughs> yeah i would i would shoot myself in the foot to just like have an hour-long conversation with evan hall about songwriting like i just want to know everything that goes through that guy's head i would personally say tame impala just because of how much how many synths they use and how they do all that i think especially that, just like yeah, the one guy like I feel production machine that he kevin parker kevin is parker if i could pick his brain if you're listening kevin please come to minneapolis so i can please you. retweet us yeah. <laughs> also it's like do anything anything at all kevin we love you <laughs> sorry <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough question. I feel Adam like Adam uh, Duritz from uh, <laughs> what band is that again? I think the Counting Crows. Yeah, <laughs> Counting he shaved Crows. his Dude, that song keeps playing in my car every time I get in, and like my Mr. Jones. yeah, Mr. Jones plays in my car every time my device connects. It's like no reason for it. la 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 yeah yeah oh, yeah every fucking time, dude. <laughs> 
so that's cool. <laughs> Subaru, my Subaru is great. Besides that shit, I don't know what's going on there. Dude, are you hating on the crows right now? <laughs> you, nah. you, the whole time you just had like a Counting Crows greatest hit CD in your car and you just can't get it on. It always just starts stuck, on with that. No, I used to have that song on my playlist like in yeah. middle school for sure. Loved it. But after a thousand times, yeah. it gets yeah. a little... Sorry, I we would, interrupted Matt. Yeah, no, I would suggest that we like collab with the singer of Creed, but all of these guys do a fantastic enough it's pretty impression good, yeah. on their own. We love Creed. We Sometimes we'll them. sing our own songs in the Creed voice. In the Scott and, Staff voice. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, Just in the gosh. middle of a in the middle of practice too, and like It'll like like we'll be doing lazy and we'll like come in and then you'll just hear like a I've been known and Matt'll be like, No. He'll be like, I'm not gonna keep playing the song, dude. No. <laughs> the people that, that know us really well and, and listen to us a lot, like, you know, come to practices and hang out and stuff like that, uh, can attest to how annoying we are with that. Yeah, it's I mean, so funny to sing like it that. Here, it's yeah. painful. It's so fun to sing like that. If you ever find us after a show, we do a great finger eleven. Um, oh cover <laughs> Paralyzer. Paralyzer. Maybe that one will hit Dude. the stage at the EP release. Yeah, show. maybe yeah, no. Yeah, come to the EP release show at the Amsterdam on uh, the sixth of December here. And, uh, oh, hey, I thought of another. Uh, this is uh, I know we're kind of tangenting, but I, I just had another band popping in my head. What's up? And Phil, I know you'll connect with this. Local Natives would be another. Oh, great, yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I yeah. Local Natives like changed my taste in music when I was a teenager. Like, mm-hmm. and I've I love them. They're amazing. Um, yeah, and, and and have evolved in such a way that's like so clearly organic. Like no yeah. one is telling them how to sound. They're yeah. just like, "Fuck it, let's try this." Um, yeah. And that's awesome. They're definitely back on their hot streak. Mm-hmm. I, I can yeah. agree with that. Yeah, yeah, we have a lot. We have a long list. Long list. Totally. Well, it's just <laughs> this is just a fun way to get people to share the love with all the other uh, bands because clearly it's there. And just we're making we're forcing you to verbalize it on yes. on a mic. Um, uh, their release show is in two days from when you're probably hearing this. It's on December 6th at Amsterdam Barn Hall with Laska and Verluna yeah. from Chicago. Yeah. I will have to check Get there early. Verluna out. Both these, both these bands are so worth seeing, you guys. Those are all the questions I had. So, again, unless there's anything else you guys wanted cool, to add. Man. No. I mean, no? I don't have Sweet. anything to add. It's been a great time talking with you. Yeah, thank yeah. you so much. Ear Coffee Podcast is a companion to the blog of the same name. If you like this episode... Please leave us a rate and review so we can stand out among the other music podcasts. You can follow us at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ear Coffee. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>